This is Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap, episode 11. This is a part two to episode 10. Now I want you for a second to think like a Twilight Zone episode. What if you were surprised by a surprise party that you knew was not going to happen? Okay, so the last episode was me saying that uh, I wanted a pony. And the pony that I wanted was my 40th birthday. As a, as a little kid that I am, I thought, you know, I deserve a big birthday for this decade. And if you heard the last podcast, you'd remember hearing all about how I was devastated. And I used the word crestfallen about the fact that I didn't get my big reward for completing another decade of life. And so I was a little sad about that. So I was kind of bitter. Um, I'm, I'm, you can hear me smiling and there's a reason for that is that, let me just tell you the whole story. So... We get back from the trip that was the Carpinteria trip that we took for my 40th birthday that I was completely convinced was going to be the only celebration of my birthday. Not too many people texted me. You heard before. If you didn't listen to the episode before this, this is pretty much a part two. So if you didn't listen to the first one, you'll want to listen to it. So that was my 40th birthday and I was upset and I talked about all the insecurities that I experienced going through that and you know how I'm like, oh, I deserve this. I deserve that and blah, blah, blah. So... Flash forward, it's Friday, we're back from the trip, and uh, I know that Saturday morning I have to do this thing that I have done forever with my father, and that is every year I do a trip with him. And it's last year was a big one, we went out to Lone Pine towards uh, Mount Whitney, we went on this hike that was from Lone Pine Campground up to Lone Pine Lake up in the eastern Sierra Nevadas, and that was a couple of days, I wrote an essay on it, it was pretty hilarious. But every year we do a hike and uh, every year he does this thing. My dad, he does this thing where he goes, well, you don't need to come and I'm sure you don't want to come and you don't want to make it. And I understand that. And it's not for everyone. And this whole the digression thing. And it's worked for everyone. This hike started with my brother, his at the time girlfriend, Gina, my other brother. So Mitchell and Steven and my mom. And then it eventually just became... My mom dropped off, then Gina dropped off, then Steven's girlfriend dropped off, and then Steven dropped off, and now it's just been my dad and myself. And I have a lot of the same mechanisms that he does, but mostly I'm just guilted into going on this trip. And it's always got to be a hike that is murderously difficult, uh, an extreme incline, has to be the hottest day. I mean, that just happens to be where his birthday is. So the reason we're doing this hike, and I didn't explain this earlier, is that my dad's birthday is two days after mine. His is the 20th, moon day. And uh, Moon Day does not mean he moons people that day. He may, but I've never seen him. He's a very conservative guy, not politically, but uh, personality-wise. Um, and uh, Moon Day being that that's when the Apollo astronauts landed on the moon. Unless they didn't, for you flat earthers or non-mooners. But uh, so it is Moon Day. And um, so we do a hike every day on his birthday, a couple of days after my birthday. And uh, this year he wanted to do the one we usually do with the exception of last year was kind of special one but this year was going to be mount baldy and uh so he had asked me earlier in the week if i was going to do it i told him i might have something come up so i wasn't sure uh long story longer i uh end up saying the night before yeah i'll do this hike with you and i'm like so 5 a.m work and he's like oh 4 45 would be better so i get out there at like 4 45 and um he's not exactly ready we go out there and uh cold on the way up actually and then it's hot on the way down and just just a lot of weirdness he and i just every time we talk to each other we're just most of the stuff we have to talk about is complaining and i just kind of jump on that bandwagon because it's better than just talking about nothing and it's tough he's 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 an interesting character 
So I get back from this 12 mile hike. I'm dusty, I'm tired, my body's exhausted. I just came back from this trip. I woke up at 3.30, 3.45. I come home and before I come home, I, I call Gina and I tell her, I'm like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. This is, I'm on my way home. And she's like, oh, okay. And I get home and I see my mom's Prius in the park, like the park directly across the street from my house. And I'm like, oh no, what is this? Why is Krista Dunlap at my house? This is odd. She's with Gina. This is very unusual. As a matter of fact, like when I came back from the hike, I had to go to my dad's house because he'd never pick me up. I have to go to his house in the morning, then we go from his house to the trip. I'm like, I don't even want to go inside the house because I'm so tired. I don't want to deal with, you know, talking to my mom and my brother, my little brother, my youngest brother. But uh, so when I see my mom's car across the street, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm going to have to talk to my mom. I'm exhausted. I'm filthy. I don't want it. And then I notice that there are balloons, balloons around the backyard of our property. And then I notice there's rental tables. And I'm not the sharpest pencil in this shed, but I said to myself, this smells of surprise party. Now, you remember in the last episode, I was suspicious of a surprise party until Gina booked this hotel reservation where we went out of town for my birthday. Prior to that, I had a lot of signs and I'm like, this is going to be a surprise party. But when she booked the hotel... I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. So at this point, I'm like, oh my God, surprise party. So I decide I'm going to surprise them by sneaking in through the back. And I come around the back, blah, blah, blah. They see me. My buddy Chris is here, guy I've known for 30 years, went to grade school, high school with. My mom is here. Um, Gina is here, of course. And uh, and our good friend, Irene, Chris's um, girlfriend, of longtime girlfriend. And I'm like, what is this? Now, here's my first thought, right? Because again, you're dealing with a man child here. So if you didn't know that, in a lot of ways, I mean, and I'm not trying to digress here, but I, I'm very mature. I have a good sense of, you know, the human condition, but I still turn into a tiny little man child often. And what I thought was, oh my God, look at this. It's a repeat of my 30th birthday. I've gotten here and there's no one. It's another, I missed my surprise party. How did Gina not know this? She knew I was going on my hike with my dad or the hike with my dad. And how, how could we have, in a decade? So you know my 30th was a fiasco. I showed up after my party was done and there were four people. Um, and there were originally 30, but I missed it. And I'm like, I'm doing this again for my 40th? This isn't cool. This isn't fun. Anyway, so my buddy Chris is recording me and he's expecting some kind of big reaction. But again, I'm just walking into a place that's having a lot of work done in the backyard. It's very elaborate. This place is huge. Um, you know, it's about an acre of land. And so everything is decorated from like the poolside, the front of the house, all the way back to the basketball court. It's just fully decorated. And I'm like, my God, there's gonna be a million people here. So Gina says, I don't think she says surprise. I was about to say she says surprise. She didn't. But basically, I find out that at 7 p.m. that night, I am going to be the victim of, not victim, the main guest, the star of this wonderful prom party that my wife has been planning since I thought we canceled the party when I was at Walmart, like you heard in the last episode. We got the invitations and we decided they were horrible and we're like, this isn't going to happen. And I canceled the party. So I thought it was over then. Apparently right after that, she went in and started planning the surprise party. So then Gina is running around. She needs my help to run around. And from, I got home at like three. Again, I'm so tired. I'm just beaten. 12 mile hike. I still haven't showered. These people at my house, there's not that many, you know, I already said who's here. But I'm just exhausted and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to stay up. I'm going to have to like drink a bunch of, you know, Red Bulls. Red Bull, not a sponsor of this show. No one is. 
Um, I am. <laughs> I'm a sponsor of this show, unwillingly. Um, but uh, so I, I'm drinking my caffeine and I, I'm a little scared because, again, I've been up since three and I'm like, my wife knows me. I can rally. I can make it through. But then my wife starts getting occupied and she's like, can you do this? Can you start doing the electrical stuff for the photo booth? And literally from like 3.30, I am working till 7 p.m. I don't even really see my wife. So it's my surprise party. And the little whiny creature inside me is like, well, you know, I did have to do a bit of work here. Even though my wife for like two months has been planning the surprise party, send out physical invitations, sends out, she sent out Facebook invitations. She verbally confirmed with everyone. But I'm still a little whiny. It's hot. And so we're doing all this work. She finally comes home. And I'm like, Gina, where have you been? You know, you can't not be here when people show up. I mean, it's got a bar. It's got all this insanity. People start showing up. And I'm still like in my shorts and a t-shirt because it's like 90 something degrees and I've been working. And so then I go downstairs and I'm like a little pissed because I have to pick out my own outfit. Again, what a prima donna. Um, does that mean before Madonna? Not this singer. So I have to pick out my own outfit and uh, people call it outfit anymore? <laughs> Probably not. I have to pick out my suit for this prom party. Oh, I, to mention, even like my friend Chris, he had to do like all these corsages and and all this just, I mean, it was super elaborate. I won't put it in the show notes, but there were like slideshows. And, and again, Gina did this book of pictures of me as a kid, some of the pictures I've never seen before. So I'm changing downstairs, trying to figure out what I can wear. I have a good problem right now where almost none of my clothes fit me because they're too big. And uh, finally, I find something that makes sense. I run from the shop basement to my place and I won't even talk to anyone. I see that my aunt is there. I have relatives from out of town here, but I got to get myself ready. And so I'm getting myself ready. Eventually, I go out there and uh, it was, you know, it was crazy. It was this giant elaborate thing. Gina hired a DJ, which I was obsessed with. I'm like, you hired a DJ, huh? Hmm, that's that's interesting. Wonder how that'll work out. Uh, I was very anxious because I went into DJing because I had always hated DJs like the DJs I'd known before. Gina's never hired anyone like this, and she's like, "We got the tables and the chairs." And then I started thinking, like, how much is this party going to cost me? You know, what a what a dick I am. But it really was a cost. It's not even that I don't have the money either. It's just like my brain goes to these places where it's like, what is the negative in this positive? You know, what is the bad side of this incredible? you know, wonderful gift that my wife has been working at for a month. I mean, she was telling me, I found out later, that she was going to the gym and she was really going to my friend's house and and building a cake and organizing this and making deals with the, you know, the vendors and calling all my family and putting pressure on them and saying, this is Jet's 40th birthday, you have to be out here. I mean, stuff that I could never have pictured my wife doing. And all of that kind of has to go back to the fact that I've been with her since she was 18 years old. And if, you know, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm kind of a control freak. So she hadn't had to step into a lot of roles that I've taken over for in the last 15 years we've been together. So I was amazed. What she did was a Herculean effort. It's just, it's unreal. And it's not even an effort. She executed. It was great. But I was like, yeah, I hired a DJ. I wonder what that'll be like. He's going to use my equipment. By the way, I have all the DJ equipment, all the audio, all the, you know, we had up lights. We have, we have a whole thing for like, you know, I mean, the biggest party you could have. We had it for a wedding. We bought it all for our wedding. But also I was a DJ for a while. So I used this stuff. So... The DJ was fine. You know, the dance floor is a little big. Okay, so I'm going to go into the parts that my brain was consumed with. One of them is our dance floor is a little big. The bar was too far away from the dance floor. The seating area was too far away from the dance floor. Dance floor. Dance floor. And if it was all on the basketball court, it would have been a lot. It would have been a lot tighter, right? Because then the dance floor wouldn't have seemed as big. This is all stuff I knew from doing so many weddings. 
and there would have been more people dancing. As it's as it ended up being, it wasn't as much dancing as I would have hoped. You know, the DJ's job, in my opinion, as a DJ MC, is to get people to dance and uh, make sure there's this environment of you know of a party. So it was a little spread out. There were a lot of people there. Some of my friends, you know, they're all dressed up and everything. Some of them were acting a little weird. Again, it's like I, you can't control everything, right, Jen? I mean, I say that, but still there's that desire. Um, friends that I would never expected to show up came over. My buddy Rich came over in a tank top, like a tuxedo tank top. What a dick move. But he and I are, you know, we're good friends. We joke with each other all the time, but he knew it was a black tie affair. So he's like, oh, wear a tank top. Kind of cute, I guess. He bought me Depends and Prunes prune juice like because i'm 40 like saying that i need adult diapers and he gave me the receipt so now i have to like go and return those which is funny but so the party was you know it was she had a slideshow she had all this stuff she had the music it was a little disorganized <laughs> i can't believe i'm still the night before the last podcast you heard i talked about how i wanted this party and basically everything that she did is exactly what i requested isn't that funny i mean it's like you know even if you get what you want right you know, you get, even if it exceeds what you thought was possible, there's still going to be some kind of whininess. It did shut down a little early. I have a bunch of old lame friends who, you know, basically the whole thing was done by like nine. So it's like from seven to nine. Gina will say it went about three hours, but I, I'm, I'm still pretty firm on the fact that people were pretty gone after, uh, after, you know, about an hour after it got dark. Not a lot of dancing because these are all people around my age. They all have kids. As a matter of fact, it was cool that a lot of them came out without kids. You know, you have your friends who are either very it seems like it at this age you have friends who are very responsible who are going to be there and leave early and then you have friends who are still having a you know the party in their head is still raging and they've been doing it since they were 20 so you have the friends who aren't going to leave till like you know 2 a.m trying to balance that if you're sober dude like me that's one of the things too right so i i can't believe she did this it was an amazing party i got my pony you'd only get that reference if you listen to the last podcast so if you're listening to this without listening to the last podcast as my friend chris coy told me to say about this podcast you got to go back and listen to it. This is part two, you jerk. Don't go skip it ahead to the end of the book. It doesn't have any context. So I got my pony. That's the reference you only get if you listen to the first podcast. Okay, I've beaten that dead horse. Horse pun, horse pun, horse pun. And, you know, again, people, I wanted the DJ to leave. He was going to be there till midnight. There was absolutely no one there after like 10 o'clock. Finally, I got the DJ to leave. And then at one point I look at Gina and, and I go, we're done it's done i just make like that you know that you take your hand you make that like cutting symbol towards your towards your neck and i'm like it's over it's done gina looked beautiful by the way i mean she had two outfits her second outfit was just she looked incredible i mean our life and i've told you before we live like on this land and we're usually working in the dirt so it was uh it's rare for her to be able to dress up like that so just even seeing her look that beautiful was incredible and so it was it was then after that i had to clean up i don't know 10 30 11 o'clock it was cleanup. I mean, the scale of this party. I was freaking out so much when I realized like, okay, I have to take all this stuff down. I cannot describe to you the amount of stuff that was put up. Like 1979 balloons up against the side of this wall. 1979 balloons inside the bar. The bar was a whole thing. We own all this stuff. The The dance floor was a whole thing. Lighting, everything. The photo booth was hugely elaborate. The eating area, my God. I mean, it was it was the whole from there for like four hours of taking stuff down that night, then waking up the next day and it was hot. And I kept telling myself too, when I was doing all this, I'm like, don't be mean to Gina, <laughs> you know? Don't, don't get mad at her. You know, she does have a tendency to let things scale out of proportion. I've already complained about that enough, right? 
So I was telling myself as I'm walking around in the heat, putting all this away, I'm like, don't get mad at Gina. Don't get mad at Gina. And I did a lot. I'm like, you're crazy. How could you have made this so big? How could you have made this such a big party? This is such a pain in the ass. And it was, oh my God, so many wires, so many balloons, just, just unbelievable cleanup. Especially because I'm sober. I mean, sobriety is a huge part of this for me. The inability to really stay moment focused on a party that I know is going to have to be taken down and uh, put away and just cleared up by myself and Gina. And it was just, it was so looming large on my heart the whole night when I was thinking about the fact that I had this big responsibility to do. But it's done. You know, I mean, I think the best part about it was that uh, I was surprised. I mean, no one jumped out from behind a wall or I was going to say a bush, but I don't think that's how surprise parties work. Um, you know, there's a lot of planning on my part, but that's reality. You know, that's that's how things have to go. Sometimes you just need certain people to do certain things. But it was amazing. I can't believe my wife did it. She's incredible. She's just, she really surprised me. And it is kind of a sign of how this 18-year-old girl I met when we first started dating has just turned into this incredibly capable woman. And I'm not going to try and figure her out. As much as this is psychotherapy and I have this ability to kind of break down any human emotion through myself, I trying to figure her out is will be a lifetime pursuit that ends in me not knowing her any better than the day I met her. It doesn't matter about me understanding her. I love her and she's amazing and she did this incredible thing. And also it kind of cleared this thing for me in my heart of can anyone ever have a surprise party for me? When I was 25 years old or about to turn 25, my ex-girlfriend was playing a surprise party for me. And then I uh, broke up with her. And then for my 30th birthday, as you know from the last podcast, I uh, quit my job and didn't have a surprise party. So it happened. It happened at 40 years old. It actually was a successful surprise party. Now on Tuesday, it's still not completely put away. But, uh, and doesn't that, it's just like just hanging on me. It's just torturing me that we still have so much work to do. But parties, man. I think it's a lesson for me. It's a great way to start my 40s to be surprised. I'm not surprised by a lot. And it's great to know that the person that I would have just judged as incapable of this did the misdirection of having me go on this incredible beach trip with her. And then, oh, I didn't even tell you. So the whole thing with me going on this hike with my dad was like her way of keeping me away from the house. So if I hadn't decided to go on this hike with my dad, which the guilt in my heart of knowing that my dad would go on the hike uh, without me would have killed me um, doing these epic hikes. That was Gina's system of keeping me from knowing about the party. And the irony of the fact that the last podcast was me talking about how I didn't get to be the little king or the prince. I asked when, listen to this guy. I asked when my friend Irene was out, I said, oh, so where's my crown to Gina? Like I'm walking around seeing this big surprise party. And I'm like, where's my crown? Can you believe this stuff? And then after asking about my crown, a crown shows up, picking it up. I didn't even know how it got there. I just grabbed it and put it on my head like it was the most natural thing in the world. But uh, so many good friends, so many good memories, so many great people came out. I got to dance with my grandmother. I didn't even mention that. That was the stuff that I posted up on social media. She lost her husband, you know, my mentor, center in my universe, my grandfather in May. So a few months ago, and I got to dance to Frank Sinatra with her. And that was 
That was beautiful. You know, it's a little weird to dance with your 88-year-old grandmother, but I'm so glad that I'm at a point in my sobriety where that was a thing that I was capable of. If I was drinking, I would have been so in the mode of, this is my party and I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to. So if someone's like, hey, you have to dance with your 80-year-old grandmother through a whole Frank Sinatra song, you know, holding her close to you and all that stuff, it'd be like, "Eh, that's a little bizarre. I don't think I want to do that. But because I am sober and I know how much that means to her and the people who love her and the the year that she's gone through and losing her husband and having her oldest grandson or oldest grandchild to dance with, the memories that we've had, you know, the closeness that we've had, that was a tremendous thing. And it was an amazing and a beautiful thing I got to do for her. And it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life too. But wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't had done so much work on myself. It would have been so easy to go, no, that's silly. And I would have even been able to get a lot of people to say, oh, yeah, you shouldn't. I can imagine you wouldn't want to do that. That's, you know, you don't have to do that kind of stuff. But I did. I did, and it was wonderful. So I was surprised. I got my pony. I got my surprise party. And it was as perfect as it could be. You know, it's funny. No matter where you go, there you are, right? So even with the surprise party that I've wanted my whole life, there's still those hang-ups in your brain, in your heart, in what you thought was going to be the thing and what reality is. And those two are almost never related, right? What you want and what you think and then what it is. But I really have to, and I think we all do this. I know we all do this. And I think it's a really good lesson. You know, we can always get frustrated or mad or anxious or something about something not being the way we thought it was. But thinking in such rigid terms is dangerous and not positive it was amazing the effort was incredible and it was a wonderful night the next podcast is going to be uh what happened the next day and something very tragic happened the next day that reeled me into um grounded me back into reality in a major way i i oh a friend of mine tragically died the next day the day after my surprise party and that's going to be the next podcast so (laughs) on that terrible disappointment i'll hear you in a moment if you click to the next podcast if not i'm jet dunlap i don't know what this podcast was about my god wow but thank you for listening and i almost said i love you that's weird i don't i like you let's just stay friends i'll hear you next time no i won't you'll hear me next time okay thanks for listening